Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Our time at five as we go to the bottom of the 11. Here's Aaron Boone. Nick's down three. Should the Bulls foul? No. Be careful trying to play it a second time. Can't do it. Here's Welcome back. New York sports deserve better. I'm the big diesel today. We are accompanied by a legendary Twitter personality, Barstool employee, Clem. Clem, how are we doing? Professional idiot. That's what I go by. I don't want to hear legendary or anything else. Barstool employee, just professional <laughs> idiot will be just fine. Uh, doing good, man. Doing uh, good. That's a strong word. Uh, <laughs> doing all right. Doing better than I was uh, 48 hours ago. We'll keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, I had I had the I had the Yankees to get to distract me from the uh, the Giants' loss on Sunday. Unfortunately, you don't have you don't have the Yankees. You got the Mets. I I was saying the one like silver lining in all this, and I I do not like the Yankees. I do and mostly I do not like a lot of the fans I grew up with that were Yankee fans. Um, but it is kind of as a Giants fan who has just now left uh, MetLife on Sunday numb to the Giants. I'm like, well, at least half the fan base has something. And probably a little more than half, let's be honest. A lot of Yankees, Giants, that's the common thing. At least they have something to root for here. It's been a rough month for me. Um, but going back, <laughs> like about a month ago, a little more than a month at this point now, it's like that's when the California gauntlet started. The Mets decided to lose a million one-run games to the Dodgers and Giants, and now we are uh, completely cooked. No meaning. So the Mets – the Mets, the Giants, and I guess you want to throw the Jets in there. Their season's all basically ended on the same Sunday, officially, you know, between <laughs> yeah. the Mets getting eliminated and then 0-3 for three teams that probably weren't doing anything anyway. So, yeah, uh, an absolute bummer. But um, the Yankees definitely took all the, the bad juju and flipped it and got the positive side of things. So, yeah, it's uh, New York sports do deserve better no matter what, though. Even Like, even the Yankees, you would be like, come on, they could be better than this. So, even with that, the Knicks being the good son of New York, and I know the Nets are here, but no one gives a fuck about the Nets. But like the Knicks being the good son of New York is something that is such like I feel like I'm living in the upside down right now, but it just shows <laughs> where we are right now as a, as a city. Yeah, I mean, you you go you go over all those teams, just all teams that have just had a miserable last five years. I mean, Yankees, like you can say that they're doing well, but they win 27 World Series, so they're expected to win nonstop, and they haven't done that since 2009. Jets awful. I don't even want to get into the Jets because I mean, I don't know any, I, I don't want to know anything about the Jets. I just know the Jets just absolute pain from my friends being Jets fans, everything going wrong at every possible turn. Um, but we do know that, uh, the giant struggles you did mention leaving uh, MetLife on Sunday, almost just defeated. Uh, that is been the story for the past four years, ever since the, the, I, it's the it's I think it's the boat picture. It has to be the boat picture. I yep. mean, ever since then, it's just been downhill from there. The last thirty three games, the Giants have lost at home. The Giants have lost twenty five of them. Oh, I, that, that is just the I heard that stat on the radio on the way home, stuck in traffic, wondering why I go to games every Sunday. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I can't believe it's almost I just become n numb to it that I 
I'm expected them to lose on a game winning field goal, which has happened countless amounts of time. Um, Clem, what do you think of the season so far? How, how do you think it's shaped up? Uh, how do you think the season was going to shape up in your head mm -hmm. versus the reality? Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Cause that's exactly where I was going to go from it too. Um, yeah. So I didn't enter the season. I'm looking at the schedule and again, you never know what's going to happen with injuries and all the craziness of the season, but you're just saying, all right, let's get above 500 at some point. We haven't been above 500 since the aforementioned bolt picture, which is, I mean, one of the most ludicrous stats of all time when it comes down <laughs> to it, let alone the fact they're like the worst team in the last, what, three years, five years. I don't even know at this point, it's like us and the jets are battling for the basement. And I'm looking, I'm like, all right, like, I'm like the Broncos game, good defense, but you know, the offense is kind of limited. And I actually was praying to God, Drew Luck was going to win, Drew Luck was going to win that job. And I even tweeted at the time, I was like, man, Teddy won it. Like I, I that was exactly the kind of game I thought they were going to get from Teddy, you know, kind of like a bend don't break from him. He had a couple of nice throws too, that like they wanted to Hamlin drop and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, we lose that game. And it, Danny gets a lot of the blame it was a, backbreaking fumble but the defense was the one who just like stayed on the field couldn't get them off the offense felt like they had like three possessions the entire game then obviously the game we do not speak of from that thursday night which i still cannot get over there's a million different reasons we lost that between the slayton drop the phantom penalty the offsides that and all that kind of stuff um to go on to there and I, and I was like you know what like the one game i kind of had penciled in as like a potential win was the falcons game before the season started just because i know how bad the falcons are someone that has had their if you've ever had met brian in fantasy or any of those guys you know how they just stall it in the red zone and their defense has been atrocious and it, it, i only got more confident in that take after the first two weeks as i'm watching the falcons play even though they like came back on the bucks i'm like that team is not very good they made the eagles look like the greatest offense in football we've seen what the eagles have been since then right and then they go out and they just uh, it was and i'm almost happy i was there in person just to see it because it was everything that i've hated about this team the last year and a half or whatever it's been and it's it's tough like i i, I i'm not like a lot I, there's a lot of like heads a lot of people want a lot of heads to roll right now and I understand everyone's pissed. I mean, Gettleman has been hated since like the Saquon pick, basically. Yeah. So it's, we can start with him and um, uh, Garrett, which is basically the bane of my existence right now. And even Judge has gotten the got in line there. And I understand the thing about Judge is if you're a disciplinarian, you're making guys run laps. You're known as the guy, the hard ass that's going to you know not commit penalties and have guys in the right spots. And you're losing because of big penalties and guys in the wrong spot. That's going to be a problem. Um, but I left that game after that loss and seeing it as, as it was going on they had six points in the first half and they only got one touchdown and they're punting on the other side of the field against that awful Falcons defense. They couldn't do anything big against them. I'm just like, I'm numb to it at this point, you know, at some point your, your body just changes and it starts to expect this. I saw this as a Knicks fan. I grew up in the nineties. The Knicks were always in the, always in the playoffs. Like Eastern conference finals was almost like a God given right. It felt like at some point. And then it just kind of like the Dolan took over and it just all went to crap. And that like numbness that happened at some point along the way. And it's the same thing now with the giants. And then you get the promise from Mara. He's going to fix things in three, in a year, two years, three years, blah, blah, blah. I hear the same nonsense. And then you have all the, you have like, not only do you have the losses, you have the embarrassing story. You know, Mara's knocking over garbage cans. Mara's throwing chairs at stuff. The players are doing this. It's always something else. That's where it becomes like, we're with the Bengals and the Jets now, or it's like the embarrassing stories. The Browns have like, the Browns took our spot. They like brought us down into the muck, <laughs> threw us down there and we climbed up. And uh, yeah, I mean, were you, were you at the game on Sunday too? Yeah. Is that the game on the, Sunday? The traffic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I 
almost didn't notice how bad I think I honestly like the first half it looked like we were moving the Giants were moving the ball and it looked yeah. like they were getting things done and I don't know if like I was just drunk but I I did think the offense was like moving in the first half and then I looked up and it was six points and it's like I don't know what happened here and then and then the se- the second half like I, I get it a lot of people like Sh- Shepard went down Slayton went down and those are two tough guys those are the two guys that Daniel Jones loves throwing to but yeah. then it, I think it comes back to just like the first three games of this year, of this year were so winnable. They were against Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater. I guess Teddy Bridgewater's turned out to be very, very, very good quarterback. And then, but then the Washington game, it's almost like if the offense is playing well, the defense isn't. And if yeah. the defense isn't playing well, the offense is playing well. It, it makes no it, It's always just flip flop. So, I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's it's definitely not Daniel Jones. I'm a firm believer in Daniel Jones. I think he is a guy that can be a franchise quarterback. They did pick him. Like, that was their guy. But I, I honestly don't know what it is. And if you're going to have Joe Judge be this tough, tough-nosed guy, football guy, coach, and not have, a, like, this analytics mindset, I would expect the Giants to be going for it on their own, on the opposing 39. So, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's obviously annoying to be down uh, to be de- to be down in the year own three to start yet again. But it almost the the you, you threw out the stat of the Jets and Giants having the worst years for the past the worst record in the past four years are tied. Has it even felt that way? Like it almost hasn't. I feel like the Giants are always in a game, so it yes. hasn't it hasn't really been like oh like we're so miserable. It's like oh we're so close, but we're so far every time. Yeah, and I think part of that is the, the division has been so bad, too, that it, it's like you were always being the hunt. I remember one of Shermer's years. I'm like, oh, the Giants are looking to march to the playoffs. And it was like it was kind of tongue in cheek. It started and then they would win a couple games in a row. It's like, oh, maybe. the And the, that's the worst part. The oh, Like, you can't say anything bad about those Super Bowl runs, but they came kind of out of nowhere that you like you're now conditioned to be like, is this happening again? Are we getting like lightning in a bottle? So like our dumb brains kind of go back to that. And we're like, <laughs> Oh my God, we're going to have it happen again. And you're just so excited. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. Like, and that's the thing. I think the, um, and judge is getting absolutely crushed for punting at the 39, but this is the thing. And listen, I was there. I was, I was not, I was pissed. They down the ball. They got the ball back. They scored a touchdown. Special teams is part of the game. They scored the touchdown because it was a field position battle. And everyone kind of like the surrender index. Well, the surrender index and like those things do. And I, I think I think Judge needs like a little more of the analytical, analytical mind because I feel like they really love the fourth down go for it's there where the old school guy is like the, what was it? What's the guy on uh, Cole, uh, Cully or whatever, the, the Texans coach, like he's punting yeah. the ball, you know, away and stuff like that. The same kind of thing. But uh, I hated even the punt on the 50. And I'm like, dude, it's the Falcons defense. You have to, you know, and I don't know if maybe when the defense is bad, that's when Garrett is like, all right, I have to open the playbook up a little because I'm putting this on Garrett. I still, I firmly believe it. I saw all the stats, Daniel Jones, his two best things, throwing the deep ball in the RPO. They threw one deep ball, completed the CJ board because all our receivers were hurt. They didn't run the RPO. They're not doing read options and all this kind of stuff. And it just drives me absolutely crazy. And it's like, I think we just need to unleash the defense. And if, 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 if doing that, if, if you're running deeper routes and you're doing different stuff that takes more time with this bad offensive line, if that leads to Jones fumbling more or whatever, I'll have to live with that. That's just good. I'd rather lose like that 
then I'd, I'd rather like, what do they say? Die on my shield. than just yeah. like have those kind of just games where you're just punting back and forth defense plays bend don't break. And then you're basically like, all right, we need to score a touchdown now because they scored two field goals the last couple of times down the field. And it's, it's just like, I, I've reached a, like a, it's like, I've reached the boiling point. I boiled and now I'm just like, I'm empty inside it. There's nothing inside of me. I'm hollow, like an Easter chocolate bunny basically. And at some point, like I, I just can't take it anymore. And, and that's the worst part is, I, I like Danny. I'm, I've, I've started the, the Daniel Jones hype group and the Dan wagon just because there was so much negativity on draft night. All those people wanted Dwayne Haskins. How did that look right now? Yeah. Those people, Josh, I heard how Josh Rosen was going to be, you know, the greatest quarterback ever, Sam Darnold. And that's the thing. I, I, I'm almost at the point now where I want Daniel Jones to go to like, he won't go to the Niners because they have Trey Lance. Now I wanted him to go to like a Shanahan team or at least an offensive mind and be like, Oh, that's what that guy can do. Cause that guy's a weapon. I, I really do like him. I think his progressions and his reads are a little slow sometimes, but that just might be like the offense. I feel like you don't like, like, those, like the Manning guys and Cutliffe and all those things. I feel like they don't make like straight bums. They wouldn't recommend the giants to pick that guy unless they truly thought he was legit. And uh, yeah, that being at that game, hearing those boos for Mara when he, you know, got on during the retirement speech, got on the mic, hearing the cheers when Evan Ingram came off the field every single time. I mean, that is the, trust me, as a Knicks fan and a Mets fan, I know a fan base that is just completely sick of the shit and basically hate. It's like you hate the team that you love the most. It's a real sickness. And we are there now <laughs> as Giants fans. We've, they've officially broken us. You, you know, the, the first game you could live with, but it hurts a little extra because it's the first game, right? And the fact that our quote-unquote easy part of the schedule is over and we're 0-3 and we have all these injuries mounting up. We have our best, you know, our leader of our offensive line down. The leader of our defense is now down. Um, our receivers who are like, Jones's go-to guys are hurt and sooner or later like the run defense is going to crack because of it the pass blocking is going to crack because of it Jones is not going to be able to find his guys he trusts anymore and it's like everyone's going to look a little worse and then it's going to be like this team is a dumpster fire and it's like well if we had just won a game or two we could have even the injuries would have happened whatever but like it wouldn't be like oh my god this is the end of the world and now we're going to New Orleans the first game after a hurricane they're opening the Superdome which is a crazy place as it is and it's like it feels like they're just walking into a goddamn like murder basically yeah. <laughs> they, they then just throw that on top of they have the hardest schedule remaining for yep. of the entire league um i think on what you you touched on the the daniel the daniel jones and you like utilizing him the right way and i think that's obviously the key and i think jason garrett is just an asshole because he does it the first drive of every game the first drive of every game he throws deep he allows daniel jones to be daniel jones and then the rest of the game he just completely throws that in the trash and he does the same old shit. So I think, I mean, honestly, Jason Garrett is to me the number one problem because I don't want to blame it on anyone else. And it's very evident that he has this mind of this ancient mind of how a quarterback should play. And he's not really utilizing Daniel Jones to where he should be. Yeah. We used to think like Kevin Kilbride used to be the big problem, right? Kevin Kildrive and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, like the thing that drove me nuts about him was like the third and 18 draws. I give anything for that to be the thing I hate, but it's the entire playbook. Yeah. Like you said, you'll get one, uh, bomb out of him the the zone read you have daniel jones against the against washington looking great with you know with it and they're like all right they're gonna bring them to the next game and then they just don't do it and and then i, I don't want to give the defense a free pass here but i feel like when your offense is just not moving the ball and scoring points it kind of just puts everyone at, at like risk for it to fall apart and I, I honestly think it starts at garrett i'm not a guy who likes to just harp on the coordinators or in baseball harp on the manager but i don't see it like 
Let's fix that. Let's, let's, let's remove Garrett from the equation, who, by the way, the rumor was that the Maras are the ones who put him on Joe Judge so someone could have, like, head coaching experience and Joe Judge didn't have any. And then they didn't get Bill Callahan reportedly because him and Garrett don't like each other, and Bill Callahan's now coaching the, the Browns to run all over everyone in the entire NFL. So it's like that needs to be dealt with now. And it's like if that's not the problem, if there's, if there's a deeper-rooted issue or another one, that's fine, but I need to see something fixed. I need to see something fixed after week three. The fact that it's not fixed and it's clearly, and they're not making a change. If they make a change, it's going to be on Monday. They get the whole system made. Even if it's Freddie goddamn kitchens to become the uh, interim, like he did last year against the Browns on Monday night football. And the thing about kitchens is he actually kind of ran the offense that like it should have been running. That was with Colt McCoy playing. I talked to my coworker, Jeff D Lowe, who's a Browns fan. And I was like, so like, I was like, Freddie Kitchens, interim Freddie Kitchens, not head coach Freddie Kitchens. Like, yeah. did you like him? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he was running, like, a lot of, like, stuff. He had the two tight ends. He had, like, uh, he had some gadget plays. He was loose. And then he's like, once he became head coach, he's like, he stopped doing everything he believed in. He had, like, Nick Chubb lined out wide. He had all these, like, crazy concepts that did not fit Baker's strengths. And I'm like, all right, like, I'll take that interim guy. I'd even take the head coach Freddie Kitchens over Jason Garrett because I know what Jason Garrett does, and it does not win. That's the bottom line. It does not win. And, I, again, we've seen this story a million times, right? Dory Jackson drops that pick in the end zone, and I was like, there's the moment. If we lose this game, that will be the thing that, like, it, it all came back to there. And sure enough, it happened again. I mean, all the, the – you did say that you weren't letting the defense, like, off the hook. That is That was something that I saw – like I've seen that before the, the landing Collins drop pick, you lose to the pats on the field goal. Yep. It's like, as soon as, as soon as that happens, it's like, all right, there's four minutes left. You're going to lose this game. Like after that, after you had a chance to just absolutely end the game right there, you're going to lose the game. And like, that's the most frustrating part. And I think what, I think Jason Garrett has really removed all the, pretty much all of the focus from the uh, giants fans from Dave, from Dave Gettleman. I think he's still at fault and the cries for him to be fired have kind of halted because of the fact that everyone hates Jason Garrett so much. So honestly, I think, I think Davey G should be sending a thank you card to Jason Garrett. Uh, Part of that move is the part of the reason why people want David Gettleman gone is because of the Saquon at two. I want your thoughts on that. Cause I know, I, I believe that you're, you're, you are a Saquon guy. You like Saquon, but at the same time, now he's struggling. He's, he's getting hurt. What are your thoughts on Saquon overall? And then what are your thoughts are on him at two? Yeah, I definitely feel like Jason Garrett is Dave Gettleman's meat shield, human meat shield at this point. Like all the barbs <laughs> go towards him and he doesn't have to worry about it, which I mean, to be fair, is probably about right. And the thing is like, you can fire Gettleman tomorrow. That does nothing to the product on the field. If you replace Garrett, you have an, you have the system changing at least a little bit, at least the guy calling plays. Gettleman is just a dude upstairs. He's not going to do anything, especially if you keep everyone else in the same spot. And it's like, oh, people are going to know their jobs online. These are NFL players. Unless you're like one of the like eight guys who just restructured and have like a billion dollars coming to you in the next few years these guys all are like have their asses on the line that's just the way the game works and you can get hurt tomorrow and kind of speaking of which saquon obviously coming off the injury um i said it at the time um in the 2018 draft and i was like listen i love saquon i love watching i never thought in a million years the giants would have a chance to get him just because i didn't like at that point 2017 you know like oh the giants are going to go from playoffs in 2016 to the second pick of the draft in <laughs> 20s you know after 2017 uh but it's like, 
I, I loved watching him, but I, I also was like, it's it, it's not like if you if you need or if you draft a running back in like the top five, you have to basically be ready to compete. And again, it comes back to I think the Geno Smith stuff. They wanted to make it up for to Eli the way they kind of butchered, you know, that whole benching situation with McAdoo. And they were like, all right, we're gonna kind of go in with Saquon, we'll fix the line, which was like the offs the, the free agency signings of 2018. That was where like it really went wrong because we spent a lot of money on a lot of bad players. Um, and it's like People are like, oh, they should have traded down. I'm like, I actually, I don't know if he, like, obviously the whole thing was Gettleman's never traded down until this year. It would have been nice if he could have traded down. I, the fact that Jets were the team that traded up might have confused things because I know even though they, they won't admit it, it's like a rivalry between the two that probably don't want to help each other. Um, I wanted, like, I was like more than fine, even though you're taking a guard at like, the top five, I would have been fine with Nelson. I would have been fine with, Ch- I thought Chubb was kind of like the best of both worlds. I'm like, you have a pass rusher. This is pass rush. You know, the giants, that's all they are at least used to do is rush the passer. Um, but I was like, you know what? Like, there's the thing. I think if you have the two top, top three pick, I was like, if there's a quarterback, you got to take the quarterback. But I also said that I was like, if you don't believe in the quarterbacks, if you don't think Darnold and Rosen were the answers, then they were the answers. Everyone's like, Oh, well, what about Josh Allen? Like, if you think Josh, if you thought Josh Allen was the answer back in 2018, you show me the tweets. I'll be like, you nailed it, man. You're a scout. I was hoping even for Lamar at the end of the first round. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to slip to the second round. Let's go get Lamar Jackson. It would be a completely different, you know, uh, type of football than we're used to in New York, but I'd be, I was more than fine with it. But if Lamar, this is the thing I come back to with Jones or Darnold, you know, kind of when he leaves the Jets, right? If Lamar Jackson comes to the Giants, do you think he's doing what he's doing in Baltimore? Do you think they hire Greg Roman or another offensive coordinator who could play to his strengths can create something interesting that turns him into an MVP or it's kind of like with the Knicks. Oh, the Knicks missed Steph Curry by one pick. If the Knicks drafted Steph Curry with the, the, if he falls to the Knicks uh, at seven or whatever it was instead of Jordan Hill, do you think he gets over his ankle injuries or do you think like the Knicks kind of botch him? Like they botched Porzingis, like they botched literally every single draft pick. They haven't re-signed a draft pick to a next contract since Charlie Ward. It's like, do you, or David, like, do you really think that like that, do you really think that, that Lamar Jackson would bloom here? It's like, at some point, it's like, no, it wasn't going to work. So Saquon, it's a real true bummer. He doesn't look good right now. I do think he's going to get that explosiveness back, though. But I think if the team's losing and he's still coming back from an ACL, like, this is going to be as dark as it gets for Saquon. I'm also at the point, too, like, I, I, I like I – I think it's hard not to like Saquon. I just think it's a bummer that a guy who should be such a likable person and player – is like he kind of has it's like he's the draft pick before he's the, the football player right and it's like people still harping on this i'm like guys you can cry and get mad and say it was a dumb pick all you want it doesn't change it it's happened it's over and i am mr think of the past think of all the different moves i could have made in my life that could have ended you know with a better future it doesn't fucking matter you can play that game all you want you're just going to bang your head into the wall so just be like all right let's go saquon let's go danny I guess let's go Jason Garrett until they fire his ass. But it's like, there's nothing you're going to do with, with Saquon to make him run better by bringing up shit from like four years ago. It, it's honestly, it's hammering the gas with your car and park and the parking brick on. There's nothing. You're going to go nowhere with that. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, I want Saquon to be well. And I just, I've never think I've, I've thought they've never used him right. Get him in space. That guy is not meant to just run into the middle of the line. Like they did in that jets game a couple of years ago. And he had like eight yards on nine carries or whatever it was. You have to use that guy correctly. And somehow, some way between uh, the last two head coaches, we even had one guy who knows how to use the guy. It's crazy. It's, it's craziness to me. It's craziness. I, I completely agree. I feel like at the, like we had Shermer, it's a head coach that is offensive minded 
but he didn't show much emotion. And then you do a, you just get the opposite. You fire him, get the opposite guy. You get Joe Judge, and now he's kind of just a special teams guy. And he's not really just he's not really one. He's special teams minded. So you get this tough guy, this football guy. He shows emotion, he makes people do laps, he dives in the mud, yeah. all that shit. And then, but then you get Jason Garrett, who has a, a running back Saquon, who's lethal, and you got you got nothing. I think honestly, you do a read option with more read options with Daniel Jones and Saquon. People start biting on Daniel Jones, opens it up for Saquon. That can all be a difference. That can honestly change a guy, change a guy's career, and change his future with the team. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, honestly, I, at the time, I thought the I thought Saquon at two was. I thought it was an awesome pick because why not? He's electric. He's he's yeah. the flashy guy. He's the flashy pick. No one wants to get a guard. That's not exciting. You can't really watch highlight tapes on a guard all off season. So it was obviously I'm 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 an I'm also a moron when it comes to football. I'm just a fan. <laughs> so like second overall take one. I loved it. I you can't go back. I, you you said that you can't go back. You can't change it. But um, it's the it's the draft picks that continually are talked about. Evan Ingram being another one. Ugh. Um, I, you mentioned it briefly before, um, of Evan Ingram being booed on the field and then on the field when he's getting, being substituted out, being cheered for, um, I mean, I've never, I've never seen that, um, that as a Giants fan, I've never seen it. I was, I, 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 I'm booing my ass off and he gets off the field and I'm like, Oh wait, do I feel bad for this guy? But at the end of the day, it's his job and he's doing really bad. And I don't know. I, I don't even know the correct emotions now. But uh, I I do think um, I want to I want to get your opinion because you have you've had um, experience this season with the Mets and them booing the fa- them booing mm-hmm. the fans. Um, if Evan Ingram were to boo the fans as a celebration, uh, a touchdown celebration, uh, would you, what would your reaction be to that? Because I would I said I would go onto the field and tackle him myself. <laughs> I'd say fine, man. If you're if you're sc- like so we're saying he scores a touchdown, and he boos. Yeah. That means he scored a touchdown. Good. That means he didn't drop the ball. That means he didn't knock it to the other team and they didn't score a touchdown because, you know, Daniel, I've heard this a bunch of times online. Daniel Jones' last interception was like week nine of last year when Evan Ingram batted it to the other team. If Evan Ingram is scoring, boo me. Come to my house and <laughs> slap me in the face. I don't care. I, and I, I, I think booing your team is stupid unless, like, I think Ingram, like, I think there is a point where it's like, this is a sunk cost. He's never going to be what he should become here. And I think people just, I think in New York, we're always so much like results, results, results. Lindor got booed as a Mets fan. The April and May, they were booing him. I remember I didn't boo Kaz Matsui until like his last season with team. And I was just like, I'm getting my, my, my money's worth on this guy right now. And I booed the crap out of him after like an error or something like that. But I just, I don't see the, there's no positive, like, think about it. If someone's booing you at work, are you going to be better? And you be like, fuck, I don't want to fuck up again and get booed yeah. by people at my job. So I, I, I think it's stupid. But at this point with Ingram, I do think it's some cause. So like, if you do it, fine. And if he boos us, like, if you're doing it after a good play, good. Like, keep doing that. Keep booing us. Whatever helps you win. I don't care. Like, I think people, I think, I think New Yorkers, they are like, oh, this is New York. You got to be tough. And then the minute someone gives it back to you, you're going to cry. Like, yeah. then, like <laughs> you're not a tough New Yorker. You're just a fucking asshole with a ticket in your hand. That's all you are. So I, I think, I think it was a bunch of bullshit. I thought all that stuff was a bunch of bullshit. And I, I think any true fan was like, oh, 
they're winning with this stupid boost stuff. Good. Get some more hits. Your offense is the second worst in all of baseball. And, and now everyone's everyone, everyone who hated Javi and booed him. Javi is having numbers better than Cespedes has had here in 2015 in that second half. Everyone's like, oh, we got to bring back Javi. And I'm like, see, this is why, like, and New York fans, I think, are very intelligent and smart. Like, they follow the things and they, but they also, they're also very emotional. And, you know, we live in like a very expensive, it gets cold here. It's your, it's climbing, you're in the rat race. So everyone's kind of just always on edge. It's like, Take it easy. Everyone's telling me Francisco Lindor is a bust in April, and now he's going to bat 900, have a 900 OPS in September. I think he has like nine home runs this month or something like that. It's like, oh, you mean that guy who was one of the best players in baseball is still one of the best players in baseball? You try going to a new job in a new city with a ton of money on you. You know, everyone's watching every move. Like, we're all going to struggle for a little bit. That's just how it is. Like, people forget that these dudes are human, man. But, I mean, like, at the same point, like, fucking Evan Ingram for forever and a day. I'm, <laughs> I'm done with him. It was a bad pick at the time. And, I mean, you can you, you trace back this whole Giants thing. It's when Reese's pick started really going off the rails and Eli Apple, Eric Flowers. Uh, to this day, I was, I, I blogged that time. I didn't even call him Eli Apple the night of the draft. I said, not Laramie Tunsil, because that's who I want. I was like, how do you not draft? How do you draft not Laramie Tunsil over Laramie Tunsil? I don't care. He smoked weed in college. Really? Is that what we're worried about? Do you want to know how many other guys drafted in the first round smoked weed in college? So uh, that drove me crazy. But, you know, and Evan Ingram was another one. Even all those tight ends, that, that, that tight in class everyone forgets it was like bam 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 uh, oj howard evan ingram david and joku and they're all kind of just busting their own spectacular way but uh evan ingram like the other two they make a couple bonehead plays and they disappear evan ingram actively hurts this team uh, people talk (laughs) about consistent bases yes exactly and in always spectacular fashion too it's really amazing people talk about saquon and great i'm not going to pair like the second pick of the draft to like the mid-20s or wherever ingram was but it's like saquon never does like preposterously dumb stuff like that guy does and going back to saquon like it's also very much an internet thing and a uh like analytical thing where it's like oh my god you drafted a running back high and it's like you know the cowboys did that with zeke and it kind of like got them that run having an actual running back who could actually do stuff you know they try to do it like they who was like mcfadden right they had like mcfadden there for a little bit and they were trying to make it work and um i i just think that if if that was a team that had like a line a quarterback a defense and it's like that is a team i could understand drafting a running back and, and going for it and they came short obviously now the thing is like when do you give the extension to the guy and that's where they're going to really be screwed with with zeke here is now that they're going to be paying him a ton of money to maybe be the second best running back on his team for the but i mean even like, like everyone's like oh zeke is terrible zeke is terrible with the first two games he played tampa as a good run defense and did you see how he played last night that's the kind of stuff i wish saquon could do but it's just not his game he gets four yards every single time he just knows how to fall correctly he, he goes behind his blocks the right way he definitely has a better line as well too but like that's the kind of stuff like Saquon it's all or nothing with him and it just like it, it drives you crazy um but yeah Zeke here his uh, rookie year 16 30 15 touchdowns you know 363 yards receiving and they went 13 and 3 you know like that that was Zeke's rookie year that was exactly what they needed and they they lost to the Packers 34 31 the Dez Quadic game so it's like I can see why people don't want to draft a running back high but like if you have an actual team there you can draft a running back high it's just I I it's new york we're just gonna be mad about everything everyone has to be right but it's yeah. like it is what it is and evan ingram tight end in the first round let's not do that again how about let's just draft linebackers in the first round we've done that since carl banks a linebacker once or twice <laughs> wouldn't be that bad you know every time we spend we spend money on antonio pierce we spent money on blake martinez and we actually had linebackers for two yeah. times in the last 15 years it's kind of nice that, that i feel like that is a big one for me is that 
it, middle linebacker was a problem ever since Antonio Pierce. And then they did go out and they signed Blake Martinez. And at, at the time I was like, who the hell is Blake Martinez? And then he comes here. He does, he does the things he did. leads the team in tackles, leads, I think almost the league in tackles. And now he goes down with the torn ACL, which is like probably one of the more devastating news that you can get after a loss to the Falcons. Yep. Um, I mean, as, as a guy that, that posts on Twitter and says that, and, and post videos of himself doing laps because of Joe judge um, will with Joe judge's mistakes and kind of just mental lapses. Will those uh, laps continue or will you stop those? I'm in a pickle right now. <laughs> I'm really in a pickle because I can't, if I, if I stop running the laps, then that means I have, I have quit the Joe judge program, right? Like yeah. you're in or you're out, you're with us or you're against us. So I'm in, I'm locked all the way in. I, I, I really, I can't, I, can't, I know you can't like go against your coach here. So me, I, like, I want to say it almost as like a, like a, like a player. And it's even just saying this out loud is probably I need him <laughs> to run a lap. I need coach to run a lap with me here because I feel like I'm the only one getting punished for what's going on the field every single Sunday. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I know, I know they're probably getting killed in practice every single game now like the shit we're not hearing um now that the media can't be around it as much i'm sure there's plenty of laps and you know extra like hitting physical parts of practice and shit like that but at some point i I feel like i'm like i'm the one who i don't get paid millions of dollars i'm not having fun out there on sunday but i have to run around my house like an asshole and then i have to watch this team like break my heart and then i get mocked by all the other fans and i'm like I'm really getting the short end of the stick here. And I'm not, I just need like, I need, I need, and I need more than just like the coach judge saying it's going to be okay. John Mara promising me change. Like, that's why like, I'm like, just give me a bone with Garrett. I said, don't even fire him. Just like make him like a, he could could cheer them on from the stands. He's a clapper, have him go to the stands. But like, I need something to keep me going. Just like the players do. Like at some point you have to be to the players like, Hey, you know, we came up short. That's on me guys. And this is what we're going to do. And if, when they do get a win, you know, they get the day off, they get Mondays off. Give me something coach. Cause I'm telling you, like you're starting the fan base. I'm starting to lose the fan base. I think he, I think he's might've lost. I think he's might've lost the fan base. The giants as a whole has lost a fan base judge is, I mean, I, I want to say like, there's, I'd say the, the majority is very heavy in the middle leaning towards being lost there's a minority that's still like it's not his fault it's garrett it's gettleman it's whatever and i do think there is a good pocket though that is like i'm out on judge fire him and you know the thing about is if you fire gettleman you know top down everyone changed new gm new coach new quarterback and then jones kind of gets thrown into the mix and it's like man i i have like the worst coordinator in football call on the shots here and it's like give him that's the thing that's what hurt too it was a joe brady he, they interviewed him to come up here and then the, the Panthers got him before we could get him. And it's like, it's just like a, what if, you know, what if Shermer had never left even, and I hate Pat Shermer, but if, if two seasons under Shermer, would he have been calling the plays that would accentuate Jones's strengths instead of whatever garbage Jason Garrett's calling. So uh, I, I, I just need, I need someone, I need, I need coach just to run a lap. Even if he doesn't announce it, he just runs a lap. Someone on like, so one of the beat reporters catches it, puts it on Twitter. I'll be like, all right, I'm not in this on my own. But right now, I honestly feel like I'm, I'm in this on my on our, our own. Us fans are on our own. Excuse me. I mean, they, it's all of the all of the stuff that we loved of him doing the laps and like jumping in the mud and all that, all that stuff. 
and it is almost like when I'm listening to other other shows saying like, oh, like if he keeps doing this, like what, like obviously you guys love it now, the players love it, and then yeah, what happens when you start losing? And I'm like, oh, it won't happen. And then now it's now we're here, and I'm like, oh wow, a guy that preaches discipline loses games on on penalties. This is an absolutely miserable experience, the Joe Judge experience of of late, the past two games. Um, I mean, I, I can't I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna try and stay as positive as possible just because Giants Twitter is just brutally negative. It says I, right I can't stand it. I, the the uh, Giants Daily is he's like I almost don't even think he's a fan. I think he's just a troll at this point. His Twitter account is just nonstop, just tweeting out miserable facts. And I, I had to block him. Um, but I, I do have one more question for you before we finish up, um, uh, regarding the Mets, um, oh boy. <laughs> was Frank, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Frank, all right. What was Frank right about? He had no, he has no fucking take. He said they were going to win 92 games. He said he, they were going to win 14 games. And he tells me Luis Rojas is going to get like a five-year extension and, uh, yeah. No, there's there's <laughs> no such thing as Frank is right unless you're a goddamn. Cr- but that's a Yankee fan question. Frank Frank is our is our Trojan horse. He's brought all the Yankee scales into our world, and uh, I'll tell you, I love Frank. I truly, like, I truly, truly love Frank the Tank. He is like he's teetering on becoming like an enemy of all Mets Twitter. You think you think Giants Twitter is accessible right now? Like we've been doing this shit for years. Frank is gonna like lose us, and when we're good, he's they're gonna be like no. You go with them. You guys aren't going to accept him as your own. And he's not going to want to be a Yankees fan. He's walking a very thin line here. And, and him and Dave Portnoy, like, that's his buddy. Portnoy is a Wilpon guy, though. So you want to be friends with a Wilpon guy, that's on you. But I'll tell you right now, like, I'm an Uncle Stevie guy. I'm a Steve Cohen guy. And you Yankee fans, you could have your fun now. You can do whatever, Uncle Stevie. Though. If you if you honestly think that the guy with $14 billion is going to do nothing, then that's fine. But I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to be just making sure I got all my hashtag Frank was right. Um, all the people who tweeted at me and I'm, I'm going to be counting names. I challenged Frank to a retirement match. And I said, if if uh, the Mets don't match what they did the last five years under the Wilpons with the first five year Collins, Cohen's, you, uh, if, if the Mets don't, if Cohen's guys can't match, then I'll retire from being a Mets fan. But if they do, you have to retire from being a Mets fan. And he won't take it. So it's like he's a, he, he clearly doesn't believe in all the hype that you guys are building him up for. So, yeah, long answer, short answer. Hell no. Shut the fuck up, Frank. <laughs> Frank is Frank is the ideal uh, the ideal listener that I'm targeting my podcast for. <laughs> Never happy and just constantly saying that they should be doing better. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on. I had a great time. Um, hopefully the, the weird, the, the weird thing is after all this talk and all this negative talk about the giants, I weirdly think they're going to go into New Orleans and win. <laughs> they're such assholes. Like it wouldn't surprise me in the least uh, even <laughs> the teams when they were bad in like the nineties and two thousands, they would occasionally like be the first team to beat the Broncos or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and at the, the time they beat the chiefs and they ruined everyone. They're like the team that ruins the survivor pool. That's what the giants were at <laughs> even their lowest point. So it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. It's crazy. It sounds, I mean, Jameis, Jameis is like hasn't broke like 150 this year in passing, I think, or something like that. So I guess there's a chance um, they have to unleash unleash the beast, unless unleash Daniel Jones, unleash Saquon. I heard they have a good defense. I haven't really followed them much, but uh, it sounds like it's, uh, it's it's in our hands, like everything else, man. This entire season has been in our hands, and we've done nothing but fumble it. Exactly. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we got a Giants win. Yep, hopefully the Giants win. Hopefully the Yankees get cooked so I don't have to hear about that. And hopefully it was the wild card game where you guys are going now. <laughs> <laughs>